This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Today, eat Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman gets the shock of his life when he returns to Richard Haller's hideout to find the red-bearded traitor waiting for him. I had a hunch you'd be back sooner or later, Mr. Kent. What? What did you call me? Kent. Your other name is Clark Kent, and don't bother to deny it, because I have evidence and proof that Clark Kent and Superman are one and the same person. Before you get that proof, get this angle. Say you're riding in a rocket ship. Your pilot's about to land you on the moon. He flies straight up, away from the own surface, so the moon's gravity can pull the rocket down stern first. Then he speeds up the motors. Just enough so the upward thrust balances the downward gravity pull. Eases you down backwards. A beautiful landing. Exciting? I'll say it is. Like the excitement when you get your rocket model from Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Yes, a gyrocket rocket that you launch right from your hand. A gyrocket rocket that slashes into the air, up over the treetops. A sleek, brilliant colored gyrocket, rocket, almost half a foot long, with a slim, gleaming, streamlined wooden body. The steel propeller at the stern bites into the air with maximum power. With your gyrocket, rocket, you get a metal launching rod and a wooden rocket launcher. You just snap your arm up and watch the rocket streak off. Send for a whole fleet of gyrockets right now. For each gyrocket you want, send 15 cents and a Kellogg's Pep box top to Superman. Box 124, New York 8, New York. Remember, you can't buy this gyrocket anywhere. The only way to get it is to send a box top from Kellogg's Pep, plus a dime and a nickel and your name and address clearly printed to Superman. Box 124, New York 8, New York. This offer is limited to the United States. And now, the adventures of Superman. 
With the original Superman rocket burned beyond repair, and the only known model having exploded in midair, the fear that Richard Haller, rare book collector, big game hunter, and world enemy number one, was about to sell the secret of the rocket to a foreign power, no longer disturbed Superman. But, convinced that Haller is still dangerous, the man of the deal returned to the red-bearded traitor's hideout in the woods, only to receive the shock of his life when Haller, his bright, beady eyes gleaming, faced him and said... I have evidence and proof that Clark Kent and Superman are one and the same person. Now, where did you get that ridiculous information? From very reliable sources. You don't deny it, do you? I wouldn't waste time denying it. And you admit it. I admit nothing. And if you think this little stall is going to save your neck, you're crazy. I'm delivering you to the FBI in Washington if it's the last thing I do. Of course, you know the first thing I'll tell them and the world... Here's the Clark Kent is Superman. They'll laugh at you. Not when I show them the proof. What proof? For one thing, even Kent's Bible. Your foster father's Bible. My foster father? What are you talking about? No use, Superman. I've got it in black and white. There were several entries in the back of even Kent's Bible. One had to do with a rocket that fell from the sky. A rocket with an infant boy in it. There was another entry about how Kent's adopted the child. How they named him Clark and brought him up. About how big and strong he was. Stronger than any other boy in the county simple for me to put two and two together. Only this time, two and two don't make four. You're barking up the wrong tree, Haller. Am I? What about this? Tonight before the fire, I emptied my automatic at Clark Kent. Now, I'm a cracked pistol shot, and I couldn't possibly have missed with all eight bullets. And yet, Mr. Kent wasn't hit. Do you know why? Because the bullets bounced off his body. All through? Yes, I think that's enough. But don't let it worry you, Superman. I'll keep your secret if you keep mine. Do you think even if your fantastic story were true that I'd make a deal with you? If you don't, you're washed up. I'll never be able to work undercover again. I get this straight, Haller. I don't care what evidence you think you've got. I don't care whether it means the finish of me. I'm taking you to the FBI without any deals and without any bargains. And I'm taking you now. I just spoke to Mr. Miller, Superman. He's leaving his home at once. He should be here in 45 minutes. Oh, thank you. We'll wait. Sit down, Haller. Uh, you're really going through with this, aren't you? You bet I am. All right. I know when I'm licked. I thought I could blackmail you into giving me a break, but I was wrong. What can I do now to square things? You can't square anything with me. I suppose. Just suppose I gave you the secret of the Superman rocket. You can't give it to me because you haven't got it. The original rock went up in flames and the model you tested exploded. You forgot one small detail. I know that detail, and once I dispose of you, I'm going to build a model myself. You can't. The original's gone. It's melted steel and ashes. You can't make another model. But maybe you won't have to. Maybe I have one already made. That line won't work, Haller. No, it isn't a line. Believe me, it's the truth. There is another model. Really? Yes. Yeah. And if you take me to my house in Metropolis, if you can get me there in 20 minutes, you can have the model. Huh. Why 20 minutes? I'll tell you what. I gave the model to one of my men. He's going to call my house at 3 a.m. It's 20 minutes to 3 now. If I'm not there, he has orders to destroy the model. Why are you doing this? Why this sudden change of heart? I told you I know I'm licked. Maybe if I cooperate, the FBI won't be so hard on me. I don't trust you, Haller. You're up to something. No, believe me, I'm not. I'm just trying to make things easier for myself. What could I possibly hope to gain by lying to you now? Oh, nothing, really. No, absolutely nothing. I gambled on being able to threaten you into playing ball with me, and I lost. Now I might just as well cooperate. Doesn't that make sense? 
Yes, I suppose it does. Then take me to Metropolis. There's only 15 minutes left. I... All right, Haller. I'll take a chance. As you said, what can I lose? You lose nothing, but we must hurry. Time is short. Don't worry about the time. I'll get you there before three. Let's go, Haller. to go, Haller. Where's your pal's phone call? He'll call. Don't worry. He's better. For your sake, more than mine. Why won't you trust me? Didn't I give you even Kim's Bible? When a man like you gives something away, especially something as valuable as you think that Bible is, I really get suspicious. I'm smart enough to know when I'm licked. When you wouldn't play ball with me, even to save the secret of your double identity, I knew I was through. Hmm. Less than a minute left now. Joe will call. I can depend on him. Twenty-five seconds. You call, I tell you. Twenty seconds. Joe never let me down. He won't now. Fifteen seconds. Fifteen. Thirteen. Twelve. Tensely, their eyes on the large grandfather clock in Richard Haller's trophy room. Superman and Haller hear the last seconds before the fatal hour tick away. Was Haller telling the truth? And will his man phone... Or, as Superman half suspects, is Haller trying to set a trap? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In Richard Haller's trophy room, where Superman and Haller are awaiting a phone call from one of Haller's henchmen, the long hand of a large grandfather clock has just closed on the hour. Three o'clock. Your man didn't call, Haller. Maybe the clock's fast. We checked it with both of our watches, remember? Oh, oh, yeah. All right, come on, Haller, open up. You knew there wasn't going to be any phone call. You're up to some trick. What is it? No, no, it's no trick. I, I swear it's Superman. Maybe something happened to Joe. Something's going to happen to you and no maybes unless you tell me the truth. There isn't another model of the rocket, is there? Yes, there is. There is, eh? Well, it must be Joe now. <laughs> All right, answer it. Remember, I'm right here. So don't try anything. Hello, that you, Joe? Everything okay? Oh, good. Bring it right over here. Hurry. Guest to my house. Hold on. There, you see? That was Joe. He's bringing the model right over. I believe it when I see it. You're a hard man to convince, but Joe will be here in a few minutes, and then you'll see for yourself. I wrapped it in this paper, boss. Okay, Joe. Here. Here's your model, Superman. You believe now I'm being straight with you? Well, looks like the right model, but... It is the right model. We made it at the same time we made the other one from the same designs and the same dyes. There seems to be a slight difference. I can't quite put my finger on it. Well, there can't be any difference. It's a perfect scale duplicate of the original Superman rocket. Well, I'll find out soon enough. I'm going to take care of that little detail that you found missing in the other one and then test the model. You are? Where? When? That's my business, Heller. I'm going to get to work right now. Oh, by the way, don't either of you try to leave this house. The police squad I called for is on the grounds now. Oh, we won't try to leave. Good. Oh, uh, Superman. Yes? If the model works, and I'm sure it will, the FBI ought to appreciate my cooperation, huh? That's up to them. Good night. Good night. Good night. Gee, boss, I don't know what you're up to, but I don't like it. Monkeying around with Superman. He's too big. The bigger they are, Joe, the harder they fall. And Superman's going to fall like a ton of bricks. 
rubbing his hands gleefully, red-bearded Richard Haller looks quite pleased with himself. What is he up to? Has he set a trap? And has Superman fallen into it? Yes, fellows and girls, Haller has set a cunning trap, which may prove to be too much for even Superman. We'll find out more about it tomorrow, when Superman tests the model of the amazing rocket which brought him to Earth, and which he now hopes may be used to preserve peace. So be sure to listen. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 12 of The Secret Rocket. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comic Magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Today, eat Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. Following the destruction of the Superman rocket, Richard Haller, who had planned to sell it to foreign agents, was captured by Superman. But Haller was defiant, threatening that unless he was freed, he would reveal to the world that Superman and Clark Kent were one and the same person. Although badly shaken, the Man of Steel refused to release the red-bearded traitor, even though it meant exposing his own precious secret. Apparently defeated, Haller surrendered to Superman his dead foster father's Bible, which linked him with Clark Kent, and also a small-scale model of the Superman rocket. Leaving Haller's house under police guard, the Man of Steel in his guise of Clark Kent hurried to the suburban home of Perry White, gray-haired editor of the Metropolis Daily Planet. Great Caesar's ghost. Well, where have you been, Kent? Lots of places, Chief. But there's no time to go into that now. Listen, now don't give me that routine. Chief, please. Uh, I told you there isn't time now. I'll give you all the details later, but right now I want you to do something for me. No, you know I... Yes. You haven't time to tell me, your editor, what keeps you away from the office for three days, but you've got plenty of time to ask for a favor. Now, look. Well, now you listen to no, me. No, you listen. listen. Don't... I'm not asking for favors for myself. This involves our national security and the peace of the entire world. Is that clear? 
Uh, clear as mud. But go ahead. I'm listening. It's about time. John Carter, president of that big jewelry shop on the avenue, is a friend of yours, isn't he? A very good friend. What about him? I want you to phone him right now and ask him to meet me at his store at once. Tell him to give me whatever I want and to charge it to the Daily Planet. To the Planet? Now, wait. What do you want? Oh, will you stop wasting precious time and do as I say, Chief? Now, take my word for it. The planet will be repaid in full by the government of the United States. Well, all right, Ken. But I wish you'd tell everything later at the office. Now, get on the phone and call Carter, please. Tell him I'll be waiting for him at his store. So long, Chief, and thanks. precious stones in this vault, Mr. Kim. Now, let's say you said it was a diamond you wanted. The finest diamond you have, Mr. Carter. Must be absolutely flawless. Now, best diamonds are in this drawer. Now, here we are. Uh, shall we take them upstairs where there's a better light? No, that won't be necessary. This light is good enough for me. My, these are beautiful stones. You'll find it in the country. Hmm. Well, I can't see any flaws in this diamond. I can assure you there aren't any. The stones in this drawer are perfect. Scarcely any color in it, either. Well, that one doesn't have much pigment. Some of the others have fine coloring, though. Now, uh, You don't is... understand, Mr. Carter. I want one as nearly colorless as possible. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Most people prefer stones with distinct coloring. May I ask why you don't? Because the less color it has, the less it'll be hit by radioactivity. Radioactivity? I don't understand. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I can't explain. The only trouble with this diamond is its size. You, uh, you wouldn't have a, a vice and a power drill, would you? No, I haven't, but uh, look, Mr. Kent, if you entertain any idea of cutting the stone yourself, forget it. The diamond is the hardest mineral in the world. It requires special tools and skilled workmen to cut it. Well, I can handle it myself. Well, Jimmy Olson's tools. He has a pretty good workshop in his basement. Mr. Kent, it's impossible. Just leave it to me, Mr. Carter. Uh, Perry White talked to you about charging this to the Daily Planet, didn't he? Yes, that's quite all right, but I wish you'd listen to me. Thanks, Lord. And good night. <laughs> Just set the model in the vice here, Jim, like this. Well, it looks like a little rocket, Mr. Kim. Uh-huh, that's exactly what it is. It's the model of the Superman rocket. The what? The Superman rocket. The one in which Superman came to Earth from the planet Krypton a long time ago. What? You're kidding. No, I'm not. There, that ought to hold. Hey, you are. How could you have a model of Superman's rocket? Well, it's a long story, but take my word for it, this is it. Now, get me your power drill, will you? The one I gave you for Christmas. Oh, now, wait a minute. Tell me There's what... no time, Jim. I've got to find out if I'm right about this and if Howler played square with me. If he didn't, I've got to get back to that red-bearded rascal. What red-bearded rascal? Will you get me the drill? Oh, okay. You're always doing this, Mr. Ken. You spring a big surprise, like this being a model of Superman's rocket, and then you won't explain. Later, I said. Now, what's the finest point you have, Jim, for drilling steel? Uh, 32nd of an inch. That do? Uh-huh. I think so. I was using it just the other night. I... Yeah. Here it is. Okay, let me have it. And the drill, please. Oh, yes, and plug in your electric soldering iron. Okay. Here's the drill. Now, will you please tell me what this is all about, Mr. Kent? Where did you... Later. Go? Better step back a little, Jim. And a bore a hole in the nose of the rocket. What are you doing that for? I'm going to insert a diamond chip in the nose. A diamond chip? Uh-huh. There was a diamond hidden in the nose of the Superman rocket. Haller and his experts missed it when they built the two models. It's my hunch that the diamond acted as a governor. Huh? You see, the diamond is the hardest mineral known and the most heat-resistant. I think it governed the speed of the rocket, prevented it from going too fast and burning up by slowing it down when too much heat flowed through it. It swerved the rocket's direction when it was approaching cosmic dust, powerful meteors, and so on. You follow? Well, not exactly, but... There, that ought to do it. 
Now, let's see if I squeeze the diamond small enough. What do you mean, squeeze the diamond? Uh, oh, uh, just a figure of speech, Jim. Here we are. I think it'll do. That's the smallest diamond I ever saw. You're going to put it in a rocket's nose, huh? Uh-huh, and I hope it does the trick. There, I can push it into place with the drill. That does it. Now, let's have the soldering iron, Jim. I want to seal the opening in the nose. Coming up. Here you are. Thanks. Golly. You think that little diamond chip will do the trick, huh? Keep your fingers crossed. Cheapers. There, it's sealed. Now we just take the model out of the vise. I wonder. What, Mr. Kent? No, no, I, I can't put my finger on it, Jim, but this model seems different in some way. Different? What do you mean? From the first model and the original Superman rocket. Different? How? I don't know. It seems to be identical, and yet... Well, uh, maybe I'm just imagining it because I don't trust Haller. Sure, that's probably all it is. All right, let's go. Oh, where? To Metropolis Park to find out if I've solved the secret of the Superman rocket. Followed by Jimmy Olsen, eager and excited, Clark Kent heads for Metropolis Park to test the tiny rocket. What will happen? The sun, a great orange ball, is just rising as Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen reach Metropolis Park. Over grass still wet with dew, Kent leads Jimmy to a large and deserted stretch of lawn and removes the tiny gleaming rocket model from his top coat pocket. This place ought to do, Jim. Gosh, I'm nervous as a cat, Mr. Kent. I am a bit jittery myself. See, now the directional finders are set. The rocket should go up to its peak altitude, then level out and circle back. We hope. We hope. Well, here goes. Hey, wait. What about the fuel? Oh, the chambers have enough gas and liquid oxygen to get the rocket started. When it's underway, it draws its own fuel out of the air. Oh. All right, Jim, take a deep breath now. Here goes. Wow. Look at it go, Mr. Kent. Huh? So far, so good. Golly. Practically out of sight already. I can see it. Should reach its peak altitude in a moment. It's above the clouds now. Yes, it's starting to level off. It's performing beautifully, Jim. It is? Uh-huh. Well, I can't see it at all anymore. I can see it clearly. Beginning to circle and come back. We did it, Jim. We did it. We? Oh, you mean you did Wait a minute. What the... What's the matter? Well, I don't know. I, I can't see it anymore. You can? Well, you just... Jim, said... the... That rocket's disappeared. Disappeared? Yes, it... It just vanished. It's gone. Color draining from his face, Clark Kent peers up into the sky, where but a moment before, the tiny rocket model was performing brilliantly, but now has suddenly disappeared. How can this be? Kent is Superman, possessed of supervision. How could the rocket have vanished before his very eyes? Can this be what Richard Haller meant when he predicted a surprise for Superman? There's a thrill a minute in store for you in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 13 of The Secret Rocket on The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Today, he's Kellogg's Pep, 
the super cereal. Super as in Superman. <laughs> Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman! Today, Clark Kent, accompanied by cub reporter Jimmy Olsen, launches the tiny model of the Superman rocket in Metropolis Park. And something amazing occurs. The model's reached its peak altitude now, Jim. It's leveling off. Starting to circle back. It is? Uh-huh. So high up, I can't see it anymore, Mr. Kent. I can. It... Wait. Great Scott. What's the matter? What? It disappeared. Disappeared? Yes, Jim. It it just vanished into thin air. Now stand by just a minute for another red-hot angle on rockets. Say, do you know how fast rocket ships will travel? Just listen to these notes. In the time between those two notes, a rocket has gone one whole mile. Sure, it travels so fast it can go from the moon to the earth in three days. Imagine. And then the rocket ship would have to circle the earth for 24 hours to slow down enough for a landing. Right. The very thought of rockets is exciting. And you can get in on all this excitement. You can get a gyrocket, the sensational rocket model. Yes, a gyrocket from Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. A gyrocket that you yourself can launch right from your hand. A brilliant colored streak flashing up over the treetops. Think of it. A gyrocket with a gleaming wood body, almost half a foot long, slim and streamlined for minimum drag. And the propeller at the stern bites into the air with maximum power. Yet launching your gyrocket's a cinch, for with it you get a metal launching rod and a wooden rocket launcher. Now listen. These gyrockets are going like crazy. So send for yours today. To get your gyrocket, send 15 cents and a Kellogg's Pep box top to Superman. Box 124, New York 8, New York. Remember, you can't buy this gyrocket anywhere. The only way to get it is to send a box top from Kellogg's Pep, plus a dime and a nickel, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman. Box 124, New York 8, New York. This offer is limited to the United States. The Adventures of Superman! When Richard Haller, a cunning red-bearded adventurer, secured the wreckage of the amazing rocket in which Superman had come to Earth from the planet Krypton, he made two small-scale models for test purposes, intending to sell the secret to foreign agents. The first model caught fire and burned in the air, but Superman, who witnessed that test unseen, was able to see a slight but important difference between the model and the original Superman rocket. That night, the original was destroyed by fire, but Superman captured Haller and received from him the second little model. Boring a hole in the nose, he inserted a flawless diamond chip, and at dawn, in his guise of clock, and accompanied by cub reporter Jimmy Olsen, he took the model to Metropolis Park, where he launched it. The tiny rocket performed brilliantly, but suddenly, high in midair, it disappeared. I, I must be dreaming it. It, it. it vanished, Jim. Oh, relax, Mr. Ken. It's just up so high you can't see it. Oh, I could if it was there. I was following it. I, I, I could see it clearly. Now I can't see it anymore. You wait here, Jim. Where are you going? Stay where you are. Why? Where are you going? Mr. Ken? Mr. Ken? Hey, Mr. Ken? Ow, into these bushes. Jim won't be able to see me here. Ow, out of these clothes. This is a job for Superman. Still can't see that model. I don't understand it. It didn't explode, and it couldn't just evaporate. I've got to find it. There we are, all set. Up! And away! <laughs> Just about up here. Over the ball field when it disappeared. Now, let's see. It started to circle to the west. Away! 
Still don't see it. Up! Way up to the first side view. There's the whole park below me. There's Jim. What did happen to that model? It couldn't have fallen. I would have seen it. And yet, what else could have happened to him? There's the lagoon down there. All right, I'll search that and then every inch of the park. Away! Sweeping down, Superman hovers in curious flight over the gleaming lagoon. His keen eyes probing its depths for the tiny missing rocket model. Failing to find it there, he flashes away, whooping and wheeling over trees, bushes, lawns, searching every inch of the city park. Finally confused and puzzled, admits defeat and veers southward, heading for the nation's capital. Short time later, the Man of Steel is in conference with John Miller of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and Colonel Reed of Military Intelligence. The model was directly over the ball field, Mr. Miller, in the center of the park, and I lost sight of it. But it didn't fall into the park. I searched every inch of it. Somebody might have picked it up, Superman. The sun was just rising when it was launched, Mr. Miller. Except for a few attendants at the zoo and a few police officers, the park was deserted. And neither the zoo attendants nor the police officers picked up the model. I made sure of that. Reed must have flown the in the park then. I tell you, it didn't, Colonel Reed. I had my eyes on it every moment. It, it, it reached its peak altitude and was leveling off and circling back when it, it... Well, it just disappeared. You say it was a couple of miles up? Yes, at least two, maybe three. It may have caught fire the way the first model did not been destroyed. No. But it was only eight inches long and miles up in the air. You could very well not have seen it burning up. I would have seen it. It did not catch fire, Colonel Reed. Now, Superman, it couldn't have just evaporated. No, I, I can't understand it, Mr. Miller. You say the original rocket was destroyed, Superman. Completely and totally destroyed. And this model you had was the only one? Yes. Haller says that his designs, the dyes, everything went up in smoke in the barn burn. He might be lying. I don't think he is in this case. I saw the designs and dyes in the barn last night before the fire. And I don't remember them well enough to make a model myself. Wait a minute. Just remembered something. Yes? What, Superman? When Haller gave me the model, I had a feeling it wasn't quite the same as the first one. The one I saw in test. Oh? How do you mean? I'm not quite sure. It looked identical, and yet... Well, there seemed to be something different about it. Something I... I, I couldn't quite put my finger on. I wonder if Haller didn't do something to that model before he gave it a piece. Something to, well, to make it disappear. Oh, nonsense. Well, as I see it, there are only two possibilities. One, the model which absorbs its fuel from the atmosphere is still flying. Two, it escaped your sight, Superman. Maybe the sun got in your eyes and it fell somewhere. Oh, you're wrong, Colonel. I, I agree with Colonel Reed. I'll go to Metropolis at once and organize a search for it. I'll go with you. I want to see this Richard Heller. Well, I repeat, you're both wrong, but I want to see Haller, too, for another reason. So if you don't mind traveling via Superman Express, I'll take you both to his house in a matter of seconds. Fine with me. How about you, Colonel? Excellent. Okay. Up with this window, then. Now. There we are. All set. Ready? Go ahead, Superman. Hang on, then. Up and away! Sergeant Kelly, this is Colonel Reed of Military Intelligence. How do you do? How do you do, sir? This is Mr. Miller of the FBI. Pleased to meet you, sir. Hello, Sergeant. I understand you've got help waiting for us inside. He's waiting all right, just as Superman left him. That's what you think. Come inside, all of you. Yeah? What's happened? You'll see for yourselves. Hurry! Well, how do you like that? He got away. Right, Sergeant. And he took his Hindu servant and a gunman named Joe with him. I thought you and your men were watching this house, Sergeant. We were, sir. Nobody came out of it. I can't understand this. It's simple, Sergeant. Tragically simple. The garage is connected to the house, and the garage doors lead out into the alley. We well, didn't get out through the garage. I've got a man stationed in the alley. Yes, you'll find your man lying there with a bullet in his back. What? What's that? Chances are he was shot in the garage window with a silencer-equipped revolver. Only mackerel. I've got to see about this. Well, Superman, now what? I'm afraid Haller outsmarted me, Colonel. It's my hunch that he has the rocket model, which I completed for him. And unless we can work a miracle, 
The next time we see it, a full-scale version of it may endanger all our lives. Grimly, Superman makes a dread statement to Colonel Reed and FBI agent Miller. Is he right? On the top floor of an abandoned warehouse about a mile and a half from Metropolis Park, two men stand beneath a grimy open skylight. One of the men is short, stocky, and bald. With his plump hands, he has disjointed a tall metallic rod and is packing the sections into a leather suitcase. This is Arnold Schweitzer, at one time the German high command's leading authority on rocket bombs. Beside him stands a tall, powerfully built man with red hair and a thick red beard. He is Richard Haller, collector of rare books, big game hunter, and world enemy number one. His eyes gleam as he examines the tiny model rocket in his hand. Yes, this is the model, all right, Schweitzer. No doubt about it. Oh. Of course it is, Mr. Haller. Did I not tell you that if it was launched anywhere within 500 miles of here, I would secure it? How did you do it? You have heard of radio-controlled planes, Nine? Yeah. You see this directional fin, the propeller, and the thin filament of wire on its uh, underside? Yes. That wire receives radio impulses. Radio impulses? Yeah, and transmits them to a tiny control I placed in the propeller shaft itself. Yeah. Um, the control, of course, was tuned to a special shortwave beam, so that broadcasting from my transmitter here, I was able to guide the flight and direction of the rocket. So that's it. The rocket was radio-controlled, and when Superman launched it, you brought it in here. That is correct. And uh, <laughs> thanks to Superman, we now not only have the model reconstructed, but also the one thing we overlooked, the diamond in the head. Nothing can stop us now, Schweitzer, nothing. Now pack up as fast as you can, and let's clear out of here. We leave for Europe tonight. Tonight? With the FBI and Superman looking for us? Would it not be better to wait? But don't worry, all arrangements have been made. A special plane is waiting to take us to our destination. <laughs> By this time tomorrow, Schweitzer, we'll have more money than we ever dreamed of. And a nice, safe place to spend it when Superman rockets start falling on this country. Oh, Superman was right. He was out tricked. And now the secret of his aerial rocket is in Richard Haller's hands. Haller and his henchman Schweitzer leave somewhere in Europe tonight, taking with them the only existing model of the fabulous Superman rocket, which they plan to sell to a foreign power. Is there no way of stopping them? Gang, don't miss a single episode from now on, because each one is packed with excitement as the Man of Steel wages a battle for himself and for the world. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 14 of The Secret Rocket on The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazines. And is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Today, Pete Kellogg's Pep, the Super Serial. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the Super Cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman! Today, Superman is forced to stand by helplessly as an urgent message crackles over the airwaves. All persons within a 2,000-mile radius of Metropolis 
I urge to be on the lookout for a small model of an aerial rocket about 18 inches long, shaped like a cigar. Anyone finding or seeing this rocket will please report at once to Colonel Reed of Military Intelligence in Washington or local police authorities. But even as the message blankets the country, two men hold a conversation in an abandoned metropolis warehouse. Now that we have the model, Mr. Haller, what uh, do we do? Like uh, holding dynamite in our hands. Everything is taken care of, Schweitzer. A plane is waiting to take us out of the country tonight. Tomorrow we'll have more money than we ever dreamed of. <laughs> and we'll be in a safe place when Superman rockets blow the United States off the map. But first, for a new rocket angle, there's this. Let's suppose you've just landed your rocket ship on the moon. Of course, you want to get out and explore. So you put on your spacesuit. With it, you carry oxygen tanks so you can breathe because there's not a bit of air on the moon. And you'll find you can easily jump 30 feet in the air because gravity on the moon is only one-fifth of what you're used to. Is rocket flight exciting? It's terrific. And now you can get in on the excitement of rockets and space travel. You can get a gyrocket, the thrilling hand-sized rocket model. Yes, a gyrocket from Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. A gyrocket you can launch right from your hand. A zipping, zooming, flashing gyrocket that you send streaking into the sky up over the treetops. Think of it. A gyrocket with a sleek, brilliant-colored wooden body. Almost half a foot long, slim and streamlined. The propeller at the stern develops maximum thrust. And launching's a cinch, because your gyrocket comes complete with a metal launching rod and a wooden rocket launcher. But these gyrockets are just about gone, so send for yours today. For each gyrocket, mail 15 cents and a Kellogg's Pet box top to Superman, Box 124, New York 8, New York. Remember, you can't buy this gyrocket anywhere. The only way to get it is to send a Kellogg's Pep box top, plus a dime and a nickel, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman. Box 124, New York 8, New York. This offer is limited to the United States. And now, the adventures of Superman. By inserting a diamond chip in the nose of a tiny rocket, the only existing model of the aerial rocket in which he had come to Earth from the planet Krypton, Superman recreated a weapon which could either be the greatest power in the world for peace or an instrument of unbelievable destruction. But in a test flight, the model disappeared before Superman's very eyes. As we learned yesterday, a German rocket expert named Schweitzer, who was in league with Richard Haller, a cunning, unscrupulous adventurer, had drawn the rocket to a warehouse by means of radio control. Unable to locate either Haller or the model, Superman and his guides of Clark Kent, the mild-mannered reporter, returned to the office of Terry White, editor of the Metropolis Daily Planet. A fine mess you made of things, Kent. A fine mess. Well, don't rub it, Chief. I feel bad enough. Oh, you feel bad, do you? Yes. Uh, how'd you feel if some crazy loon like Hitler gets hold of that model, manufactures full-size rockets, and begins showering up? Exactly uh, what I'm afraid might happen. Come in here. Yes, come in. Get out of here, Olson. I just want to ask Mr. Kennedy. You can ask him anything you want in five minutes, when you're both out looking for new jobs. Huh? You mean I'm fired again? You bet you are, and without notice. That's the third time this month. I mean it this time. Well, you always say that. Uh, listen, Mr. Kent, did you hear anything from the FBI? No, Jim. The model hasn't been found, and neither has Hallard or any of his gang. Well, if the rocket fell someplace, we'll find it. It didn't fall, Jim. Then maybe it's still flying, and it'll be spotted. No, I said it's directional finders to bring it back after it reached its peak altitude. And it did circle and start back when it disappeared. I, well, I don't know. I, I think Haller somehow got hold of it. Well, how could he? He and his experts had a chance to tamper with it before they delivered it to me last night. I know it sounds fantastic, but, well... Well, what, mastermind? I think what might have happened is that... Uh, just a minute. Hello? 
Oh, I ask that he's here. Uh, for you, Kent. Oh, thanks. Hello, oh, Kent speaking. This is John Miller, Kent. FBI. Oh, yes, Mr. Miller. Superman said I could contact him through you. Well, uh, uh, yeah, yes, that's right. Well, get in touch with him, then, and tell him to come to 121 West 18th Street. Something's just broken on this case. 121 West 18th? Right. I've, uh, uh, he'll be there in a few minutes, Mr. Miller. I've got to run. See you two later. Now, wait a minute. Where are you going, Kent? Uh, no time to explain it now, Chief. So long. Leaving Perry White's office, Clark Kent hurries to a deserted storeroom where he quickly strips off his business suit to reveal the blue costume and brilliant red cape of Superman. Then, raising a window, up and away! <laughs> Streaks away like an arrow shot from a giant bow, and seconds later, enters an abandoned warehouse on West 18th Street. Several men, some with cameras and flashlights, move cautiously about the dusty top floor. Under an open skylight stands John Miller of the FBI and a small elderly man with white hair and faded, kindly blue eyes. Tell Superman what you saw this morning, Mr. Peters. Well, sir, I was up on my roof just after daylight was. It didn't care of my pigeons. I always feed them, give them a little flight first thing in the morning. Mr. Peters lives right across the street, Superman. I see. I just released my birds and they were beginning to circle up. Then I heard something, kind of a steady hum. A hum? Yes. Kept getting louder and louder. Sounded like a swarm of bees. But pretty soon I heard it right over my head. But still, I couldn't see a solitary thing. It might have been a plane. Too far up for you to see. No, no. I finally saw it. And it wasn't a plane. Oh? What was it? Well, I wouldn't want to say for sure. I had only a quick glimpse of it before it bumped against a long steel pole sticking up out of the skylight. Then dropped down into the warehouse. It seemed, well, misty-like. I could hardly make it out. It was like a long metal pencil, or maybe like a silvery cigar. Oh. And uh, it had a little propeller on it. A propeller? Are you sure? I wouldn't want to swear to it. As I say, it was like trying to see something in a thick mist. Even though there, there wasn't any mist this morning. But uh, I'm pretty sure. Mr. Miller, if this man is right, he may have seen the missing rocket monitor. Well, it could have been drawn here by radio control. The steel pole Mr. Peters saw sticking up through the skylight might have been connected with a shortwave receiver. Well, I suppose it's possible. And the I... difficulty he had in seeing the rocket from only a few feet away, the sort of mist around it, must have been due to some sort of camouflage on the model. A camouflage so good even I couldn't see through it. Oh, Mr. Miller. Now, what is it, Johnson? Uh, Adams just called in from the lab. Uh, one set of fingerprints we found here are Richard Haller. They are. I knew it. Uh, Haller received a permit to carry a gun several years ago, and the prints checked. Then Haller has the model. You were right, Superman. Now we've got to stop him before he can get out of the country with it. Come on. We've got work to do. Emergency order to all state, city, township, and village enforcement officers. Wanted. Richard Heller, six feet two, weight 195 pounds. Red hair and red beard. Age 46. Well educated. Probably armed. Very dangerous. May be accompanied by a German national named Arnold Schweitzer. Or an American named George Barton. Suspected of attempting to leave country with small rocket model. This man must be found. Driving on the main highway? That's not safe, Mr. Haller. Why do we not drive on side road? This is the fastest way, Schweitzer. The plane is waiting for us. We're taking off tonight in two hours. But you heard of the radio, Superman, the FBI, the police all over the country look for us. Don't worry. They won't find us. We... Oh, oh, what's that? What? Looks like a roadblock up ahead. A uh, 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 roadblock? Quickly, Mr. Haller, turn back. Relax, Schweitzer. Leave everything to me. Big hands steady on the wheel, Richard Haller drives toward where a car blocks the highway. And three men in high boots, coatless, one with a star on his vest, stand ready with rifles resting in the crooks of their arms. 
what will happen. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Driving to a rendezvous with the flame, which is to take them out of the country with the precious model of the Superman rocket, Richard Haller and Arnold Schweitzer have been stopped at a roadblock on a country highway. As two men stand by with rifles. A tall man with a star on his vest approaches the car, covering it with the broad beam of a flashlight. What's the trouble, officer? Just sit where you are. I want to have a look at you. At us? Why? Got my reasons. Your uh, flashlight hurts my eyes. Ah, don't see no red beard and red hair neither on you, are you, partner? Of course not. What do you mean? We're looking for a fellow with red hair and a red beard. Okay, you can get going. Thanks, and I hope you find your man. Good night, officer. <laughs> You can relax, Schweitzer. <laughs> never, never was I so scared, Mr. Haller. Amazing what a little hair dye and a razor can do. <laughs> How much uh, farther is it to the plane? We'll be there in about an hour. And then not even Superman can stop us. <laughs> we'll be sitting on top of the world. Shopping Richard Haller drives on, swiftly closing the gap of short miles between him and the getaway plane. Meanwhile, at FBI headquarters with John Miller, Superman watches reports of the nationwide search for Richard Haller come in over the teletype. Uh, no soap in Jersey. Nothing from Pennsylvania, Black and Delaware, and Maryland. The only luck we're having so far, Superman, is bad luck. I don't think we'll ever find Haller this way, Mr. Miller. We've got to find him. He's clever, He's but too clever to be caught in the ordinary way. There's only one way he can be stopped before he delivers that rocket model to a foreign government. What do you mean? It's up to me. There's a chance... Just one, and a slim one at that. But maybe I can do it. What does Superman mean? What is the one slim chance he has to stop Richard Haller before it's too late? We'll find out tomorrow when Superman undertakes the most exciting and spectacular feat of his career. Be sure to tune in. Same time, same station, for Chapter 15 of The Secret Rocket on The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. 
I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. That's a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Today, eat Kellogg's Pep, a super cereal. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman! Today, having eluded a vast police dragnet, Richard Haller and Arnold Schweitzer arrive at a dark cove some 300 miles below Metropolis. A huge four-motored flying boat showing no lights rests on the black water, a dim looming shadow in the moonless night. Shortly, Haller and Schweitzer are aboard. You're ready to leave, Mr. Haller? The sooner we see the last of the United States, the better. Hey, Schweitzer? Yeah, let us start at once before Superman finds us. He'll never find us now. Let's go around. One moment. The rocket have it with you, of course. Naturally. Right here in this box. Tomorrow your government can have it. <laughs> For a price. Good. Then we go. Manuel, proceed. Now, let's proceed to another rocket angle. Just listen. Suppose you're in your rocket ship. You blast your way up past the Earth's atmosphere. But you've used a lot of fuel to overcome gravity. So before you continue further, you stop at the filling station right in space. This space station is about 500 miles up. Keeps making circles around the Earth like a small moon. That's the kind of excitement you may see in the rocket age. But right at the present, you can share all this rocket excitement. Now you can get a terrific hand-sized rocket model, the Gyrocket. Yes, sir, a Gyrocket from Kellogg's Pep, the super serial. A gyrocket that streaks right out of your hand, goes soaring into the sky. Think of it, a gyrocket almost half a foot long, with a slim wooden body in red or blue or yellow. The propeller at the stern bites into the air with rotational power, yet launching your rocket's a cinch, because with it you get a metal launching rod and a wooden rocket launcher. You snap the arm up and watch the rocket streak off up over the treetops. Now don't get left out of all the excitement. Send for your gyrocket right now. For each gyrocket you order, mail 15 cents and a Kellogg's Pep box top. To Superman, Box 124, New York 8, New York. Remember, you can't buy this gyrocket anywhere. The only way to get it is to send a box top from Kellogg's Pep, plus a dime and a nickel, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman. Box 124, New York 8, New York. This offer is limited to the United States. And now, the adventures of Superman. A tiny model rocket, scarcely more than a foot long, is the cause of one of the greatest manhunts in history. For this sweet little object, which appears as harmless as a toy, is the only existing model of the amazing aerial rocket in which Superman came to Earth from the planet Krypton. At full size, it can travel unlimited distances at supersonic speed and represents the most terrible weapon yet known to man. But the model is now in the hands of Richard Haller, who at this moment is en route by plane to a foreign country where he has arranged to sell the rocket for a tremendous price. As the hours go by and Haller remains at large, Superman in Mr. Miller's office at FBI headquarters comes to a desperate decision. I'm certain Haller's with the country, Mr. Miller. And there's only one person alive who might still prevent him from carrying out his plan. Who? Superman. You? Yes. 
Now, before I tell you what I propose to do, I need your help. What do you mean? Your men intercepted a letter some time ago offering the Superman rocket for sale. It was written to a foreign agent. That's right. Who was that agent? And what country does he represent? His name is Ramos. Ramos? Yes. But we don't know what country he represents. We don't even know his nationality. You don't? No, he's a mysterious devil and a cunning one. During the war, he worked for the Nazis. Uh-huh. And he remained in Europe after the war. Now, chances are he's working for one of the few countries there which don't belong to the United Nations. You said there. You mean in Europe? Yes. Of course, I'm not positive. Sounds like a good hunch to me, and I'm going to play it. Now, goodbye, Mr. Miller. You'll be hearing from me. Oh, just a minute. Where are you going? I'm heading for Europe. Oh, wait, man. You can't go barging into other countries, making searches and accusations. That's practically an act of war. Well, I don't intend to go barging into other countries. I'm going to do my hunting in no man's land. No man's land? The free air over the Atlantic Ocean, a hundred miles or so off the European coastline. I'm going to patrol that coastline, and if Miller tries to come through by sea or by air, I'll get him. But, but good heavens, man. Even you can't cover a territory that large. Why, it's thousands of miles. I can move pretty fast. Faster even than the Superman rocket. I know. But as I see it, this is our only chance to stop Haller. If I don't stop him, my own rocket, multiplied by hundreds, will destroy us and all other democratic nations. I heard Haller say that myself. I don't think even you can do it, but... Well, come with me. Where? There's no time to lose. I've got to get started. I can help you, and it won't take a minute. Come this way. This little portable radio outfit is more powerful than it looks, Superman. Oh? It can receive and transmit short-wave messages over a radius of a thousand miles. Here, I'll help you strap it on your chest. Right, thanks, Mr. Miller. Chief of Staff is instructing all naval and air units at sea to report any unidentified plane or ship to the battleship Dakota. The Dakota is taking up a position about midway in the Atlantic and will pass on any information to you. Good. More eyes, the better on this job. There we are. I'm all set. Now, just open this window. Well, goodbye, Mr. Miller. Goodbye, Superman. And good luck. Thanks. I'm going to need it. Up and away! Leaping high above FBI headquarters, Superman takes a bearing from the stars, then streaks away to the east like a rushing comet, flashing through the heavens of night. High above the heaving Atlantic, he hovers for a moment to peer in at him and get the plane winging eastward. Then onward he streaks, only to check suddenly in a great rush of air and plummet downward like some giant bird of prey, toward where a long, sweet yacht glides through the dark waves. Wheeling above it in curious light, the man of steel satisfies himself that his quarry is not aboard. And then, on again he pulls into the east, toward where the sky is lightening, and the long, dim coastlines of Europe and Africa wind far below. Storm is building, thunder and flashing rain and pounding wind. But like a red and blue bolt, Superman flashes northward through the heightening storm, his keen eyes searching the lightning shot air and salty sea below. High to the uppermost tip of Norway, and then back along the coast of Europe and a thousand miles of Africa. Moving far faster than the speed of sound, the man of steel fears and pulls northward again, dashing the rain from his eyes. Afraid of the lightning, which crackles about him like mighty flicks of fire, keeping tirelessly to his incredible patrol. Away! Faster! For hours he cruises as the fury of the storm increases, and then, suddenly, he hears a voice. Superman! Dakota, calling Superman! Come in, please! Superman to Dakota. Go ahead. Our radar picked up an unknown plane. At least we think it's a plane about two hours ago. It was flying east, heading toward your first position at about 35,000 feet. We held it on the screen for 400 miles. It was holding the same position, due east, 3961. That would put it a bit south of dead mid continent. Over. I'll look into it and let you know. Wait. I think I hear a plane now. Over and out. That does sound like a plane. Above me and coming this way. Up! 
Well, maybe this is Mr. Haller coming right into my hand. Let's find out. Away! Eyes gleaming, Superman flashes forward through the thick storm to meet the mysterious plane. Is it the plane carrying Richard Burns, the tiny rocket model? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. High in the sky near the coast of York, Superman has heard the droning motors of an approaching plane above a raging storm. Flashing through driving rain and crackling lightning, he approaches it. This storm is getting worse. I can hear that plane clearly now, but I can't see it. Seems to be ahead and, and to the right. Away! The storm is first, Mr. Haller. Yes, Spicer, it does seem to be getting worse. Here comes Ramos. Maybe he can tell us something. I've got just spoken to the pilot gentleman. He says while the storm is bad, it is not too bad. He promises to deliver us safely at the airport within the hour. Well, if he's not worried, I guess it's okay. Yeah, but... Uh, Mr. Haller, look! That's right, sir. There, up at the window. Look! Santa Maria! Uh, uh, man! It's Superman! Superman! Hold me alone! Take it easy, Schweitzer. He can't see us through your camouflage on the plane. But, but look, he comes closer. He can't see us, I tell you. He couldn't see the rocket model when it was camouflaged, could he? Hold me alone! What shall we do? All right, he can't see us, I tell you. But he cares our motors. He knows there is a plane. Hold me alone! I Ramos, tell your pilot to cut the motors. Hurry. In this storm. Oh, he's too dangerous. Not as dangerous as Superman. It'll only be for a minute or two until we lose him. Hurry now. Start saying your prayers, Haller. I'll have my hands on you and I'm up. What? I can't hear the plane. What happened to it? Great Scott! It's gone! Staring about wildly, his keen ears open for the sound of motors. Superman sees only driving rain and crackling lightning. Hears only the fury of the storm. As he, at the very last, reaches out his hands for Richard Haller, only to close them on empty air again and forever. So the wily Haller once more eludes the Man of Steel and delivers the Superman rocket model safely to an unfriendly nation. Whatever you do, gang, don't miss Monday's thrill-packed episode. Tune in same time, same station, for another chapter of The Secret Rocket on The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me do something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate box. Yeah. 
Wars with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With kids starting as low as 11 dollars per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Today, eat dog step. The Super Cereal. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the Super Cereal. The Adventure of Superman. Today, high over the Atlantic Ocean, Superman broke through a raging storm for the cleverly camouflaged plane in which Richard Eller, world enemy number one, is escaping with the Superman rocket model. I've got you now, Haller. I can't see your plane, but I can hear it. I'll have my hands on it in a moment, and then I'll turn you over to... What? I... I can't hear the plane anymore. Haller must have shut off the engines. He'll get away. Scott, what'll I do? Now get set for the hottest offer you ever heard. Yes, sir. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal, has a something for you. A something that tops anything you've ever seen for sheer spine-tingling excitement. Right. Hang on tight, everybody, because we're telling you about a... Yes, a gyrocket, a sensational flying rocket model. That's a fact. A gyrocket that streaks right out of your hand, high into the sky. Think of it, a gyrocket almost half a foot long, with a slender, streamlined body of sturdy wood, brilliant red or blue or yellow. And get this, at the stern of your gyrocket, a steel propeller packs your gyrocket with power. Yet launching's a cinch. For with your gyrocket, you get a metal launching rod and a wooden rocket launcher. You just hold the rod in your hand, flick your arm, and the gyrocket streaks into the air, higher and higher, up over the treetops. Every launching's a brand new thrill. Send for several gyrockets today. You can be captain of a whole rocket fleet of the future. You can paint squadron numbers and insignia on each one, so you'll know yours when you have speed and distance contests with your friends. But you've got to act right now, because in a few days, this offer goes off the air forever. So for each gyrocket you order, send a Kellogg's box top plus 15 cents to Superman. Box 124, New York 8, New York. Remember, you can't buy this gyrocket anywhere. The only way to get it is to send a box top from Kellogg's Pep, plus a dime and a nickel, and your name and address, clearly printed, to Superman. Box 124, New York 8, New York. This offer is limited to the United States. And now, the adventures of Superman. Suspecting that Richard Haller was en route to a European country with the only existing model of the Superman rocket, Superman made a final desperate attempt to prevent the traitor from delivering the terrible weapon to an unfriendly foreign power. Streaking across the Atlantic, the Man of Steel patrolled the coast of Europe, and during a violent rain and electrical storm, he heard an unidentified plane approaching, but was unable to see it. Realizing that the plane was camouflaged, and that it probably carried Haller, Superman, guided by the roar of its four motors, groped his way toward it. But seeing the man of steel approach, Haller ordered the plane's engine. 
<laughs> we did it. We lost Superman. Look back, Slater. You can't see him anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that is good, Mr. Holler. I thought our last moment had arrived. <laughs> he thought so, too. But I fooled him. I've got his rocket. I'll get millions for it. And when he sees it again, it'll be landing on his beloved country, blowing it to me. <laughs> what, what, what happened? Mr. Dollar, the pilot says he must turn on the engines now. Not yet, Ramos. I want to get farther away from Superman. But without the engines in this storm, we are in great danger. We'll be in worse danger if Superman captures us. Tell your pilot to ride it out a few minutes longer. I will tell him, but I don't like it. Tell him the plane is being tossed about like a pepper. We'll be all right. Follow the lightning strike, man. It didn't, and it won't. My luck carried me this far. Won't let me down now. Oh, we are falling. Mr. Hollow, do something. Falling, Mr. Hollow. Stop, you coward. The wind's just knocking us around a bit. We are falling, I tell you. Will you shut up, you chicken fat fool? Mr. Collar, the pilot says he can no longer control the plane without the engines. Unless he turns them on at once, we will surely crash. Himmel, Mr. Holler, please tell it to me. Okay, Ramos. Tell him to turn them on. See. Try the engines, my boy. I guess we gave Superman the slip by this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how long will it be before we reach our destination? Not long. Another hour or so, and we can laugh at Superman and the whole world. Greetings, gentlemen. No, no, that's Mr. Hollow. Look. Superman. Thanks for turning the motors on, Haller. You had me worried for a few minutes. Well, aren't you going to bring out the refreshments? When three old friends like us get together, it calls for a celebration. Don't come any closer. Are you kidding, Haller? You know that revolver can't hurt me. The rocket mother, it is invisible box. I see it. Shut up, Fletcher. We will give it to you if you will let us go. You give it to me, all right, but I'm not letting you go. We're all taking a trip back to Washington. So if you're ready... Here you are. Now listen... I took photographs of your foster father's Bible. Those photographs will prove to the world that you're Clark Kent. Now, I'll make a deal with you. I'll give you the photographs. Save your breath, Haller. I told you once before that I don't make deals with traitors and murderers. Double identity. Your great secret will be revealed. I left the photographs to Metropolis with instructions that if anything happened to me, they would be released to all newspapers. Even if you were telling the truth, I'd still take you back to Washington. But you're lying. The photographs are in your suitcase. I can see them. We've wasted enough time now, so... Don't come any closer. I'll throw the model through the window into the sea. I won't have a ten, but neither will you. I wouldn't try anything like that, Haller, if I were you. I'll do it, I tell you. Unless you promise to let me go. Never. Take the model and let us go, Superman. No, I'm... step more and the model goes to the bottom of the sea. If you throw it, Haller, I'm going after it. But first, I'll tear the engines off your plane so you can't get away. You might drown before I get back to you. You'll never find the model in this storm. Now listen to me, Superman. I'm all through listening. Give me the model. Give it to him, Hyla! No! Here it goes into the sea! You fool! I've got to get that rocket, but I can't let you go, so now heaven help you! Out and away! Thank you for all you did. This tiny rocket, which would have destroyed us, will now help us preserve peace throughout the world. Oh, thanks, Mr. Miller. And speaking for G2, I want to apologize to you, Superman, for ever dreaming that you could have been involved in anything dishonorable. Oh, forget it, Colonel Reed. Well, I've got to leave now. Oh, one moment, Superman. There's no doubt about Haller, Schweitzer, and Ramos being dead, is there? None at all. 
By the time I'd located the model, their plane had crashed into the sea. I managed to rescue the pilot and the co-pilot, but the other three were done for. I hate to say it, but they had it coming to them. Is there anything else, gentlemen? No, except thanks again. A million thanks. Don't thank me. I'm happy I could be of service. Oh, by the way, Mr. Miller, I'd like to ask a favor. Uh, certainly. What is it? Well, Clark Kent of the Daily Planet was uh, quite valuable to me in this matter. More valuable than you'll ever know. And so was Miss Lane of the same paper. If you have no objection, I'd like to give them a scoop on this story. Well, I think they deserve it. How about it, Colonel? If Superman wants it that way, it's fine with me. I appreciate it. And so will Kent and Miss Lane. Well, goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye. Smiling for the first time in weeks, Superman leaves Washington, believing all his troubles are at an end. But unknown to him, his troubles are only beginning. A startling surprise is awaiting him in Metropolis at this very moment. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Returning to the Metropolis Daily Planet in his guise of Clark Kent, mild-mannered, bespectacled reporter, Superman swiftly typed the story of the secret ticket and placed it on Editor Perry White's desk. As we join him now, he is in his own office as the gray-haired editor enters. Uh, congratulations, Ken, congratulations. Why, this is the finest piece of work you've ever done. Why, it's the finest piece of work any reporter has ever done. Well, thanks, <laughs> Yes, and it's all ours. The scoop of the year. <laughs> Here, give me your hand, Ken, give me your hand. I was pretty, pretty rough on you the other day. I want to apologize. Oh, forget it, Chief. Uh, listen, what about Lois? Hmm? Well, what about Lois? Well, I mean, I, I suppose she's entirely recovered by now, isn't she? Recovered? Uh-huh. Recovered from what? From her injury, of course. What injury? What are you talking about? Now, wait a minute. You mean she didn't tell you about being hurt at Haller's place? Well, how could she? I haven't seen her since she left with you. You haven't seen her? Well, that's what I said. Now, what's this about her being hurt? Where is she? Hey, now, just a minute, Chief. Let me get this straight. You didn't see Lois yesterday? Or today, either? Can't you hear well, Kent? How could I see Lois? She was away with you, wasn't she? Well, not since the night before last when she was hurt. Jumping catfish, then. Wait a minute. Here's what happened, as far as I know. Superman left Lois at a doctor's house in the country. Now, that was the night before last. Uh-huh. I stopped off there today on my way back from Washington, and the doctor said Lois left his house yesterday morning saying she was going back to Metropolis. Yesterday morning. That's right. And Cross Junction, where she was, isn't more than four or five hours from here, so she... Oh, wait a minute. Well, who are you calling? Calling Lois's apartment. Well, don't bother. She isn't there. Oh? How do you know? Well, I called there all day yesterday and every half hour this morning until you showed up. Uh, unless oh, she... Wait a minute, Chief. They're, they're ringing now. Lois isn't there, I tell you. I even talked to her superintendent this morning. I had him go up to her apartment no, and... you're right. There's, there's no answer. I told you she's not there. Something's wrong, Chief. Something's very wrong. <laughs> Deeply worried, Clark Kent places the telephone with a hand which is not quite steady, while Editor Perry White begins to show signs of great concern. What has happened to Lois Lane? Superman troubles are far from over, for Lois Lane is in danger, great danger, and the story of the lost rocket is not yet completely told. Our story has taken a surprising new turn, and tomorrow it takes an even more surprising one. So be sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazines. And is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal.
You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Today, eat Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman, very much concerned for the safety of girl reporter Lois Lane, investigates her mysterious disappearance. And as Clark Kent questions the country doctor at whose home she was last seen. Listen. Tell me, Dr. Morrison, was Miss Lane well when she left your house? Ah, yes, Mr. Kent. She'd fully recovered from the effects of her experience in that fire with you. You're sure she couldn't have had some, well, some mild form of, of, of amnesia, perhaps? But of course, I can't be certain of anything like that. Isn't it just barely possible that she may have just gone off to some quiet place for a rest? Oh, that isn't like Miss Lane, Doctor. I checked all her friends. I've even checked all hospitals in a radius of a hundred miles. And the police records of accidents between here and Metropolis. No, Doctor, she's disappeared. Vanished into thin air. Gather around, everybody, and get set for some terrific excitement. Because we're here with news of an offer that's strictly dynamite. Better than dynamite, because Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal, offers you a gyrocket. A zipping, zooming, flying rocket model all your own. Right. A gyrocket that you can send streaking right out of your hand. High into the air, up over the treetops. A gyrocket almost half a foot long, shaped of gleaming wood, streamlined to the last inch. Brilliant red or blue or yellow. Plus a steel propeller at the stern that bites into the air, driving your gyrocket like a flash into the sky. And it comes complete with a metal launching rod plus a wooden rocket launcher. Remember, this gyrocket is not a flimsy cardboard cutout, but a model of rugged steel and wood built to take it for hundreds of launchings. But you've got to act now because on Friday, this terrific offer ends forever. So don't get left out of the excitement. For each Jai rocket you want, just mail 15 cents and a Kellogg's Pep box top to Superman, Box 124, New York 8, New York. Don't delay. Remember, you can't buy this Jai rocket anywhere. The only way to get it is to send a box top from Kellogg's Pep, plus a time and a nickel, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 124, New York 8, New York. This offer is limited to the United States. <laughs> The Adventures of Superman. Believing his troubles were all over when he recovered the model of the lost rocket from Richard Haller and saw the red-bearded traitor crash to his death at sea, Superman discovered that a baffling development had taken place during his absence. For when he returned to Metropolis, he learned that Lois Lane, whom he had left at a country doctor's house near Haller's estate two nights before, had not been heard from. After reporting Lois's disappearance to Police Inspector Henderson, he streaked back to the village of Cross Junction, 100 miles from Metropolis, where we rejoin him now. In his guise of Clark Kent, mild-mannered and bespectacled reporter, he questions Dr. Morrison, the local physician, to whose house he had taken Lois after the fire in Hallard's barn. Just what time did Miss Lane leave your house yesterday morning, Dr. Morrison? Well, let's see, Miss Kent. She had breakfast with my wife and Pete about 7.30. She left right afterwards. Well, that would be about 8 o'clock, I'd say. Uh-huh. 
And she said she was going straight back to Metropolis? That's right. She asked about trains, and I told her the local went through here at 8.20, made connections with the Limited at Willow Falls, so she could be in Metropolis a little past noon. Tell me, how did she go to the station, do you know? Yes, she walked. Oh? I do hope nothing's happened to her, Mr. Kent. I'm afraid something did. Well, thanks very much, Dr. Morrison. I, uh, I'm going over to the railroad station to see what I can find out there. Selling a ticket yesterday morning to a dark, attractive young lady wearing a gray suit? No, sir. I didn't sell nobody like that a ticket yesterday morning or yesterday afternoon any other time, mister. Are you sure? I'm positive. Only folks took a train out across Junction yesterday was Richie Evans, Mrs. Spreckles. Uh, Richie, he took 8.20 a.m. He is going to Metropolis on business. Mrs. Spreckles, she went out on the 309. She's going to Evansville to visit with her daughter for a few days. can't understand that. Maybe she arrived too late to buy a ticket in the station. She might just have had time to catch the train. I'd have seen her anyhow, mister. Nope. I'm telling you, she won't here. Well, thanks. Thanks very much. You guys better check with the sheriff. The station agent seems positive Miss Lane didn't leave here by train yesterday, Sheriff. Hey, but I... Peter says she didn't take a train. She didn't, Miss Kent. It's got a memory like an elephant. Oh. And you say she didn't leave by bus. Well, bus driver says so. His chart shows he picked up two passengers in Cross Junction yesterday. He remembers they were Sam and Sally Pruitt. That was the 11.30 bus southbound. 7.18 didn't pick up any passengers here. Oh, this doesn't make sense. Look, what about a hired car or a taxi? Well, ain't no place here she could hire a car, but Herb Nichols over to the garage. He sometimes takes folks in his car when he's got time. They ain't got any other way to go. Suppose we walk over and ask him. Good idea, Sheriff. Let's go. <laughs> Sure you didn't drive a young lady any place yesterday, Herb? Yep. Didn't leave the garage all day, Sheriff. Me and Pete was working on Harry Shaler's truck. Well, mm-hmm. do you remember seeing a strange young woman in the village yesterday, Mr. Nichols? She's uh, dark, quite attractive, and she was wearing a gray suit. No. Didn't see any strangers in town all week. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, Pete. Yeah? Uh, you see young lady, stranger, around yesterday? No. I can't understand this, Sheriff. Apparently Miss Lane didn't take a train or a bus or a taxi. That means if she left Cross Junction at all, she must have... Well, she must have gone in a strange car and something must have happened to her. Yeah, look, Mr. Kent. Could be maybe Miss Lane picked up a ride in some car going through the village. Oh, it doesn't seem likely, Sheriff. Now, you think maybe the gal was forced into the car? If she was, she'd have put up a battle, Mr. Nichols. Take my word for that. And certainly somebody would have hurt her. Yes, that seems likely. This house is all along Elm Street. If she didn't leave in a car, in a train or bus, what do you suppose did happen to her? I wish I knew, Sheriff. I'm worried. Badly worried. I'd better get along. Here, come on. I'll drive you up to the railroad. Depot. No, no, thanks, Sheriff. I, uh, I can manage better alone. Leaving the Sheriff at the garage, Clark Kent secretly resumes his true identity of Superman and takes to the skyways to continue his search of the countryside in a desperate hunt for Lois Lane. <laughs> Meanwhile, at an auto-tourist camp on the outskirts of Metropolis, an oddly significant scene is taking place. A small boy stands on a patch of lawn set back from the highway, around which are set several identical, freshly painted little cabins. In his hands, the boy holds a slender, curiously carved wooden object, equipped with a gleaming propeller and a thin steel rod about a foot long. Slipping the rod through a slot running the length of the wooden object, he points it at the sky and thrusts sharply. Then its propeller whirls swiftly, the sleek little projectile streaks high into the air, rising high over the treetops, and then, reaching its peak, floats gently back to earth. As the boy rushes forward to retrieve it, a door of one of the cabins opens, and a man calls to him. Tommy! Uh, Tommy! 
Clapper's almost ready. Get the suitcases from the trailer and bring them in, will you? Okay, Dad, in a minute. Hey, watch this. Huh? Hey, what have you got there, son? A little model rocket. A model rocket? Uh-huh. A kid in one of the other cabins helped me make a launching rod for it. Watch it go now, Dad. Look. Here it goes. Oh, boy, look at it climb, Dad. <laughs> Say, that's pretty good. Yeah, it went higher than that tall pine tree. Hey, where'd you get that thing, Tommy? I found it in our trailer. In our trailer? Uh-huh. It was caught in one of the folds on the canvas on the luggage rack. Here it comes down. I got it. Here, let me see that, son. Oh, sure, Dad. Here. See, it's modeled after the German V2, I think. Yes, could be. Hmm. Pretty neat. You say you found this in our trailer? Yeah. Let me show you how it works, Dad. Watch me make it go up even higher this time. Okay. But I can't understand how it got on our trailer. Wait a minute, Tommy. What's this? What? Oh, that's the propeller. Oh, I know that, but... L-O-I... Lewis Lane. Holy smokes. Who's that? Why, that's the name of the girl reporter I was reading about just before... The one who disappeared. Oh, no kidding, Dad. Yes, quick, Tommy. Tell Mother we've got to go into town. I'll get the car started. You and I are taking this bottle rocket to the police. Hurry! As the amazed boy stands for a moment with mouth agape, his father hurries to their car, little rocket model clutched in his hand, his eyes bright with excitement. What connection does it have with the missing Lois Lane? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Unable to find the slightest clue to Lois Lane in the countryside around Cross Junction, Superman returned to Metropolis, puzzled and heavy-hearted. But at police headquarters, once more in his familiar guise, reporter Clark Kent, he found a surprise awaiting him in the office of Inspector Henderson. Oh, there you are, Kent. Oh, Inspector. I was just trying to phone you. Is that so? Anything about Miss Lane? Yeah. Oh, uh, shake hands with Mr. Harris and his son, Sammy. Harris? Hello, Mr. Kent. Oh, Tommy. Uh, what about Miss Lane, Inspector? Take a look at this. Hmm. Another rocket model. What's that guy? Wait a minute. There's something written on the propeller. Right. It's hard to see, but you can make it out, can't you? Wait, let's see. In great... Danger. Call police. Lois Lane. Great Scott, what is this, Inspector? Mr. Harris just brought it in. My boy, Tommy, found it caught in a fold of the canvas tarpaulin on our trailer, Mr. Kent. What? Yeah, but how, how it got there? Where's your trailer, Mr. Harris? A tourist camp out at the city limits. Place called Cabin Rest on Highway 21. You see, we're driving to Florida, and we... Thanks. Stop. Thanks very much. Hey, Kent! Wait! Hey, where are you going, Kent? What do you suppose? Out to that trailer camp. Well, wait for me. I want to go out there, too. Can't wait. I'll see you there. So long! <laughs> Rushing from Inspector Henderson's office, Clark Kent prepares to streak out to the trailer camp as Superman, hoping almost against hope that he will find the missing Lois Lane there. But there is grave doubt in his mind. How did the little rocket model come to be on the Harris's trailer? And what danger is Lois involved in now? We'll learn more in tomorrow's thrill-a-minute exciting episode, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen. Don't fail to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station, for Chapter 18 of The Lost Rocket in The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time by Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. 
tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Today, eat Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Tell me, Tommy, where did you find this rocket model? Well, it was caught on my father's trailer. Where were you when you discovered it? At a tourist camp where Mom and Pop and I stopped. Uh, what tourist camp? Well, it's called... Oh, let me see. Oh, yeah, Cabin Rest, that's it. Cabin Rest. Where's it located? On Highway 21, near the city line. Thanks, son. I'll zip right out there. This may be just the break I've been looking for. Say, I hope you like excitement. Because Kellogg's Pep has something for you that's loaded with excitement. Something flies and zooms and streaks right out of your hand into the air. Not just an airplane, twice as exciting. Now you can get a gyrocket. Yes, an actual rocket model. A gyrocket you can send soaring up over the treetops. Listen, this gyrocket is almost half a foot long. It's true, almost half a foot of sleek, slender body, made of gleaming wood in brilliant red or blue or yellow. And get this. Your gyrocket has a steel propeller at the stern. A steel propeller that sends it biting into the air, packed with power. Too much power for indoors. Your gyrocket is designed for outdoor use only. What's more, it comes complete with a metal launching rod and a wooden rocket launcher. You just hold it in your hand. Flick your arm and your gyrocket shoots up, flashing into the sky. Remember, this gyrocket is not a flimsy cardboard cutout, but solid steel and wood, built for hundreds of launchings. Send for yours today. Race your gyrocket against those your friends have. Test yours against theirs for distance and speed. In a few days, this offer goes off the air forever. So for each gyrocket you want, today send 15 cents and a box top from Kellogg's Pep to Superman. Box 124, New York 8, New York. Don't forget, you can't buy this gyrocket anywhere. The only way to get it is to send a box top from Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal... Plus a diamond and nickel and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 124, New York 8, New York. This offer is limited to the United States. And now, the adventures of Superman. After recovering the model of the lost rocket from Richard Haller, Superman returned to Metropolis. During his absence, Lois Lane, girl reporter for the Daily Planet, had mysteriously disappeared from an upstate village where he had left her to recuperate from shock. While the Man of Steel searched vainly for Lois, a boy named Tommy Harris, en route to Florida with his father and mother, discovered a small rocket model in the trailer attached to their car. Penciled on the propeller was an SOS message signed by Lois Lane. At Metropolis Police Headquarters, Clark Kent was shown the mysterious rocket. And as Superman, he streaked to an auto-tourist camp on the outskirts of the city, where young Tommy Harris had made his discovery. As we rejoin him now, high in the air, the Man of Steel searches the eight little cabins and the countryside below. No sign of Lois in those cabins, or anywhere else around there. Down behind those trees. Down! Now, back into Clark Kent's clothes. I want to talk to the proprietor of this tourist camp. You're certain the Harrises are the only guests you've had today, Mr. Johnson? Of course I am, Mr. Kent. You can see here in my register. 
Uh-huh. Fact is, the Harris family the only customers I've had all week. Oh? Well, it's pretty late in the year folks be traveling. I'm thinking of closing down till next spring. Look, Mr. Johnson, Tommy Harris found something in his trailer after they'd been here a little while this afternoon. Something put there or perhaps thrown there by a young lady who has disappeared. Well, so what? Nothing, except I thought that object might have been dropped into the Harris trailer while it was parked here. Don't see how that could be. Because, like I said before, except for the Harrises and me, there hasn't been a soul in these grounds all day. Well, if that's so, then... Uh-oh. Here comes Inspector Henderson of the Metropolitan Police. Police? Huh? Well, now, look here, Mr. Kent. I don't want to become involved. Oh, relax, Mr. Johnson. You've nothing to worry about. Hi, Kent. Find anything? Nothing, Inspector. Inspector, this is Mr. Johnson. He runs this tourist camp. Oh, hello, Mr. Johnson. Inspector. Mr. Johnson tells me he hasn't seen anyone other than the Harris family all week. And that's the whole truth. Which means Miss Lane didn't drop the little rocket into Harris's trailer here. Either did it some other place the Harris's stopped, or... they uh... tell me this is the first stop they made since they left their house this morning. I see. And that would indicate Miss Lane must have thrown the rocket from a passing car and it landed in Harris's trailer. No, huh? no, I, I can't see her a prisoner in a car being able to write a message on the propeller of a model rocket and heave it out of the window. Well, my hunch still says she's being held someplace from which she could fire this little rocket. Yeah? Where? That's what we've got to find out. Uh, Tommy? Yes, Mr. Kent? Tommy, you told me you and another boy made a launching rod for this rocket model. Is that right? Uh-huh. You want to see it? Please, Tommy. Oh, I'll go get it. It's under that tree across the lawn. Okay, come along, Inspector. Well, what's the idea? I want to try a little experiment with the model to see how far it can go. Oh, now, wait a minute, Kent. That won't do the thing. Thanks, Tommy. Now, we'll just slip the rocket down the rod, like this. Now what? Now I'm going to launch it. Here it goes. Gee, look at it go way up over the trees. Hey, that's pretty good. Yes, went up about, oh, about a hundred feet. Shot straight out or downwards. Now, let's see. With a wind behind it. Conceivably go four or five times that far. All right, that means, if I'm right about this, Lois is somewhere within four or five hundred feet of some road Tommy and his family drove on today. Gee whiz. Tommy, uh, how did you drive here today? I mean, on, on what roads? Why, I'm not sure, Mr. Kent. I know we came out on Highway 21. 21? Before that, Dad took a lot of side roads. He did, huh? W- would your mother know? I don't think so. She slept a good part of the trip. All right, then I've got to talk with your father and fast. Come on, Inspector. Let's go out to meet him in your car. I've got a feeling there's no time to waste. Meanwhile, another scene is taking place in a sagging, abandoned shack that stands in a patch of woods off a dirt road not far from the late Richard Heller's estate. There in the semi-darkness, broken only by the light of a flickering candle, a worried-looking man paces the uneven floor, his face unshaven, his eyes sunken and bloodshot. This is George Barton, once a rocket expert for the United States Army, now a renegade and fugitive from the FBI, as a result of having joined the red-bearded Haller in a plot to reconstruct and sell the Superman rocket to a foreign power. Suddenly, a door opens. Barton spins about, his face contorted with fear as he holds a revolver in an unsteady hand. Easy on that trigger, Barton. It's me. Oh. Oh, hello, Hanson. I'm jittery, I guess. Well, relax, pal. Well, that's relax. easy to say. But being here alone, except for that, that lame girl tied up in the next room, it's, it's too much for me. I know. But I got good news, Barton. You and me, we ain't going to have to worry about that dame no more. Why? What do you mean? Sit down, and I'll tell you. 
Nervously, George Barton eases himself down to a rickety chair and sitting on its edge as if poised for flight, looks apprehensively at his companion. This doesn't look good for Lois Lane, particularly with Superman still unaware of her whereabouts. What will happen? And now, back to the adventures of Superman! As Superman and his guise of Clark Kent waits anxiously at a tourist camp for information that may help lead him to Lois Lane, the girl reporter is a captive of two henchmen of the late Richard Haller, George Barton, once an army expert and now a fugitive, and his companion, a man named Hanson, who has just announced that he brings good news. Yeah, troubles are over, Barton. Everything's fine now. What do you mean by that? Listen, I got big news. I've been down to the village. You showed yourself in the village? You fool with every police officer in the state looking for us? Relax, pal. Nobody's seen me. Besides, I don't think the cops are looking for us anymore. Are you crazy? They want the lost rocket and Haller and everyone connected with it. They uh, don't want Haller anymore either. What? Take a look at the headline of this newspaper. Richard Haller crashes to death at sea. Superman recovers lost rocket. Good news, eh? I, I can't believe it. Well, it's true. And now that double-crossing rat Haller is finished and Superman has the rocket, here the cops won't care about us, see? We're in the clear. Don't kid yourself, Hanson. We worked with Haller, so they still want us. And besides, we face another rap just as bad now, Hanson. What do you mean? Right now we are facing a kidnapping rap, too. Remember? And that's punishable by death in this state. What are you talking... Oh. You mean Miss Lane. Exactly. She's locked in the other room. If we're caught with her, it means curtains. We, uh... We don't have to get caught with her, you know. What? Nobody even has to know we ever saw her. Really? How do you propose to accomplish that? You know, Barton. Got a gun? No. No, I, I can't. Wait, that's murder. I've never done anything like that. Okay. I'll do it. Where's that, uh... Bundle your stuff we brought with you from Hallis. All them uh, drawing tools and the little rockets. Well, they're in the other room where Miss Lane is. Okay, come on. I'll take care of her, and you take your stuff and bury it in the woods. Right? All right. Let's get it over with. Gun in hand, Hanson, followed by Barton, starts across the floor. The room in which Lois Lane, her heart thumping, presses back against the wall. Meanwhile, miles away, Superman, who has intercepted Mr. Harris and learned the route he had driven that day, is streaking northward through the skies, following a pattern of roads. His amazingly keen eyes searching every house and barn and store, every building within 500 feet of the road, the maximum distance he estimated the model rocket would fly. With only seconds remaining for Lois, will Superman find the hidden shack in which he is imprisoned? And will he arrive in time to rescue her? Tomorrow tells the story, fellows and girls, and adds a startling, shocking surprise for Superman and for you. So don't fail to be with us. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the Super Serial. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silver age heroes. 
Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!